In today's video, we're going to talk about this disturbing leaked document that's just come out of the European Union. The document talks about how the EU is now blackmailing Hungary into doing whatever the EU wants, basically. They're even talking about removing their veto rights, voting rights, all sorts of other things, because they claim that Hungary is too friendly with Russia. They're even looking at how they can get around the legal systems in order to punish Hungary even further. So without further ado, I want to go straight over to the shared screen and show you what has come out. I mean, this stuff is wild. So this has come off the back then of a document that was leaked to the Financial Times. And they've really gone into a lot of detail on this, a lot of other news organizations have picked up on it as well. So let's go through it and look at exactly what the EU are doing. I mean, this is just really overstepping all legal measures so that they can get their own way. Brussels threatens to hit Hungary's economy if Viktor Orban vetoes Ukraine aid. So they're going after, you've got to think of it in a different way, not as Hungary's economy, think of it as people. The EU is going after everyday citizens because that's who's going to hurt from this. So they're trying to put, and this is a very common tactic, pressure onto the citizens to then put pressure onto the leadership. The EU strategy aims to spook investors by cutting off funding to Budapest in standoff over a 50 billion euro aid package. This is for Ukrainian uh, aid here. And look at the terminology and language being used by the Financial Times here. The EU will sabotage Hungary's economy if Budapest blocks fresh aid to Ukraine at a summit this week. Under a confidential plan drawn up by Brussels that marks a significant escalation in the battle between the EU and its most pro-Russian member state. In a document drawn up by EU officials and seen by the FT, Brussels has outlined a strategy. We'll go through the strategy in a moment here uh, to explicitly target Hungary's economic weaknesses, imperil its currency and drive a collapse, keyword collapse, in investor confidence in a bid to hurt jobs and growth. What does that mean? Jobs, growth, that means people. They're going after the people. This is how nasty the European Union have become. Putting all the politics of Ukraine to the side, because I don't want that to kind of muddy the waters of what I'm trying to get across here. This is nasty. They are trying to blackmail an entire country of citizens who have done nothing wrong. So they're saying that if Budapest refuses to lift its veto against the aid to Ukraine, all of this is going to take place. Hungary's premier has, has vowed to block the use of the EU budget to provide the 50 billion euro financial aid. This is Europe telling Viktor Orban, enough is enough, it's time to get in line. You may have a pistol, but we have the bazooka, said Mujtaba Rahman, who is a European director at the Eurasia Group. Eight consultancy. Okay, well, what's he got to do with it? <laughs> um, so what's Hungary's EU minister said then? Well, they've told the FT that Budapest was not aware of the financial threat, but that his country does not give in to pressure or blackmail or threats, I think is more accurate. Hungary does not establish a connection between support for Ukraine and access to EU funds and rejects other parties doing so. Absolutely correct. The EU funding is based upon the law. It's based upon the agreements between EU members. They can't just pick and choose when they feel like to uphold the law or 
just completely threw it out the window. A spokesman for the Council of the EU said they did not comment on leaks. So this is about this document that's been leaked. Three EU diplomats told the FT that many countries back the plan. The mood has got harsher, said one. What kind of union do we have if we allow this kind of behavior? Again, this is not about semantics here. This is about the rule of law, upholding the law. Another said the stakes are high. It is blackmail, absolutely. Several capitals have considered whether it's feasible to use Article 7 of the Treaty of the European Union, which would allow Brussels to strip Budapest of its voting rights. I mean, you see how crazy this is. Or one diplomat said, block disbursement of money. But others have rebuffed the notion, given that it requires unanimous support, and many countries are reluctant to deploy such a serious sanction. So they're even talking about sanctioning their own members now, so sanctioning EU countries, EU members, because they won't do what the EU wants them to do. That is not a democracy, that is a dictatorship. And again, regardless of what everyone feels about you know, the Ukrainian aid and everything else, put that to the side for a moment and look at this based on the law. They are trying to blackmail Hungary into doing something that they personally don't agree with. And you've got to look at it from both sides. Don't just look at it as an EU perspective. You have to look at it from Hungary's perspective. Where do they get half of all of their energy from? It comes from Russia. They see Ukraine, if you look into the geopolitics of this, more as a buffer zone. That's how they see it between them and Russia. So they don't view it in exactly the same way as some of the other EU member states view it. It's completely different to France or, or Germany. They are further away from Russia. They don't have the same ties, especially after Nord Stream and you know all the craziness that we investigated there. So we've just had an update come out on this then. And Orban vows to stand firm against EU funding for Ukraine. He went on to allude that would be the only way forward at an emergency summit due on February 1st, so today, adding he did not fear EU leaders retaliating against him by threatening to suspend Hungary's voting rights. The EU treaty is clear that such a procedure can only be launched in case of a substantial breach of the rule of law. The Commission last week unblocked about 10 billion euros of funds part of more than 30 billion that have been frozen because of long-standing rule of law concerns. Wow, the hypocrisy of the EU. Because it's still kept more than 20 billion euros back that Hungary needs for their economy. And again, it is correct, it is still due to Hungary. And I'll tell you why they're blocking this in a moment. The, the, it, it's crazy the reasons why they're blocking this. Orban defended a decision earlier this year to hold talks with Putin, saying it was the right thing to do and also defended describing the invasion of Ukraine as a special military operation. It is a military operation, as in there is no declaration of war between the two countries, he said. We should all be glad there is no war, because war means a general draft, which I don't wish upon anyone. And he is correct in this. He is correct in the linguistics, the semantics of this whole thing. I know that's not popular opinion, but it is correct. Now, as usual, I've done a ton of research on this. I don't just say things without researching things. 
So what were his conditions then? Well, he stated four conditions for the EU to consider if they want to proceed with Ukraine funding. So here they are then. Number one, the funding package should be modest in size. This is based on the debt levels of the EU. It should be outside the common EU budget, so a special budget for the funding here. The duration should be one year and then on a rolling basis, not four. Again, so far, I don't disagree with any of this. The package should exempt Hungary from new joint EU borrowing. And again, when you look at some of his reasons, he's saying it's not fair on the common people to pay for this. And he's correct, it's not. And he's also talked about how it's come through as inflation as they print more money to send. A few other things I pulled out the document then, which isn't in the FT, was this. They said that this whole plan to destabilize Hungary, this could quickly trigger a further increase on the cost of funding of the public deficit and a drop in the currency. So they're deliberately talking about sabotaging the Hungarian economy here. The document produced by an official in the Council of the EU, the Brussels body that represents member states, lays out Hungary's economic vulnerabilities. I mean, this is pure evil, including its very high public deficit, very high inflation, weak currency, and the EU's highest level of debt servicing payments as a proportion of gross domestic product. So they deliberately want to go after the economy. And then we've had even more recent news on this. And now there's a lawmaker revolt against <laughs> Ursula von der Leyen, which is even more crazy because she's usually the leader of, the, of all the madness because she unfroze 10 billion euros for Budapest. So let's have a look at what's happened here. The European Parliament has threatened legal action against von der Leyen because she unfroze this money. In a heated debate on Wednesday, so this was just overnight then, the European Commission president denied giving in to blackmail and said the Hungarian government had carried out sufficient judicial reforms to secure the unblocking of the funds, which had been frozen due to rule of law issues. Now, let's have a look what these rule of law issues were then. And again, a lot of this is cultural. It is not necessarily rule of law. She said a further 20 billion was still frozen because of concerns about LGBT rights within Hungary, academic freedom, and migrants' rights under his autocratic rule. So putting aside the academic rights there, because I haven't researched that, so I don't know what's going on, the sort of LGBT rights that they are talking about here, you've got to understand that these things are based on time. Okay, time is a metric we have to look at here. In that just because the EU says that Hungary should do certain things and fall in line with these new you know, rules that are coming out and things coming across from the US, coming from Canada, coming out from the EU, it doesn't mean that every country, is cult the culture of the country is just going to flip like a light switch. And Hungary is very clear that they don't want to follow what he's actually calling woke ideology. He says that they will manage things the way they want to manage them. Now, again, I can't really talk about the whole LGBT rights in Hungary because I don't know the scale of it. Maybe there's something really serious going on there. I'm just It's just not something I follow. But the other point they talk about is the migration. And I completely disagree with the EU on this. I fully support what he is doing and what Hungary is doing. And they're saying, no, we won't take 
millions of migrants coming into the country. And I, I don't care what anyone says, I know people don't like it when I say this, but he is correct. I'm from Europe, okay? I have seen what mass illegal migration into the country, into different countries, has done. I've talked about this many a time, of how I used to travel through Europe many years ago. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. Everything was clean, everything was safe, you could go out at night. It's not the case now. And I'm not saying this is from people coming in, seeking asylum, families, etc. I'm saying this is from all these criminal gangs that have been coming into the country. Because it doesn't matter how much you support migration and support doing the right thing, you cannot distinguish sometimes between who are criminals coming in, uh, criminal gangs trying to destabilize a country, and people who are genuinely seeking asylum. And I still haven't found anyone who has been able to counter what I've just said there. I see all the comments. No one's ever put up a valid argument for how you can distinguish between these criminal gangs and, you know, genuine people coming in. So what's happening then? You've got MEPs now threatening to sue the commission over this decision. And this is going to play, take place today on whether to prepare a case before the European Court of Justice. Good luck with that unless they are on side with these illegal events because if, they, if their job is to uphold justice, then there's no way they can break the law around. I mean, this is the whole thing is just, just craziness. So this Green MEP has said that by handing money over for this oligarchy, the EU had made him stronger. Well, what's that got to do with the rule of law? And by the way, some people have said before in the comments, well, Hungary is just a tiny con country. You know, how much an influence do they really have, etc.? Well, they're actually not that small. In fact, Hungary is number 55 in the world in terms of GDP. And they're number 35 in terms of exports and number 34 in terms of imports. Uh, also, per capita product, number 30 and 23 on the world scale. So don't underestimate Hungary, which I keep seeing a lot of people saying, look, rank 14 in the world on trade. Hungary are not this tiny little country that doesn't really have any say on anything. They have got economic power and sway. And I was just looking at the EU feelings towards the European Union in 2023 by member state. And it's definitely changed somewhat since I last looked at this. We're seeing a lot of countries now becoming more negative towards the EU. And I just saw this article that came out. Anti-European populists on track for big gains in EU elections. So this new report has come out, which it looks as though people are saying, look, we've tried it the way it's been happening previously. We're just fed up. And now it's showing they keep using words like radical right parties, which, again, is just propaganda. They're just parties that are on the right. So remove all the propaganda words they use, like radical right. No, radical right is like Hitler, uh, Stalin, things like these from a hundred years ago now. No, we're talking here about this shift towards the right that the media doesn't like, so they use this sort of language. And as I've said before, I'm neither on the right or the left. I try and sit in the middle because I think there's good policies that come out from both parties. Where I think we always have a problem, and again, it's just from studying history, 
is when you go too far over to the left or you go too far over to the right, you end up with all this craziness, all these really severe problems. What you need is a fair and a nice balance between political parties. You need fair debate, fair uh, conflict between the parties to keep everyone on their toes. What you don't want is where you have media completely controlling the narrative and you end up with what we've got right now. And it's pretty clear. You can look at Canada. You can look at the USA, what I covered yesterday with the border dispute. You can look at the European Union. You, you can look at most of these places and you can see that it's the politics and the media that have driven these problems. So I am concerned if we go over to a very, very far right uh, political party in pretty much any country because Usually when this happens, you end up with some form of military conflict or warfare. So yes, I am still concerned about everything that's going on. I definitely have my backup plan. There's no way they're going to be drafting me. Let's just say that. But yeah, this whole thing is just wild. The whole thing is absolute craziness. Uh, but as always, I'll keep you informed. So thank you so much for watching today. Take care. God bless. I'll see you next time.